Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. You'll hear the phrase back to pre-recession levels on the broadcast today. Also, the word sequester and the word Obamacare. Stick around. We'll make it worth your while. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for the 30th of April. It's a Tuesday. Good to have you with us. I come bearing quite exciting news, in fact, about the American housing market. It comes in the form of the monthly Case-Shiller Home Price Index. And I'm going to violate one of the key rules of doing business news on the radio right now and just read you a bunch of numbers. I don't want to, but sometimes the story says, you got us, so here we go. Home prices in the 20 cities that Case-Shiller tracks were up 9.3% over a year ago. That's the biggest bump since 2006, back in the day, as they say. And... More to the point, the trend seems to be going in the right direction. For the first time in eight years, all 20 cities had higher prices for two months in a row. So the economy has that going for it, at least, no matter what else you hear out there. State budgets, meanwhile, are bouncing back from years of financial crisis and recession. There's some new data out from the Census Bureau that says state budgets are back to where they used to be, pre-recession levels. There's the first one. Marketplace's David Weinberg has more now on how that money's being spent. States collected nearly $800 billion last year. That's the highest level ever recorded. The recovery of state budgets has been fueled by increases in state income taxes, sales taxes, and real estate taxes. Our tax revenues have finally recovered their pre-recession levels. Fred Church is the deputy budget director with the Ohio Office of Budget Management. The return to pre-recession levels has allowed the state to spend money on programs that have been cut during the recession. In this budget, we were able to put a significant amount of money back into K-12 education. And much like other states, Ohio is using its budget surplus to repay the state's rainy day fund. We'll probably bring the uh, rainy day fund up to its target level of uh, 5% of revenues. Ohio also hopes to take advantage of the budget surplus and lower state income taxes. You can look at states like Kansas, Missouri, Ohio, Minnesota, Massachusetts that are looking at making different types of tax changes. Todd Haggerty is a fiscal policy analyst at the National Conference for State Legislators. He says that depending on the political climate, some states are using surpluses to lower taxes, while others are using the revenue to restore services. Things are improving. They're at a stronger spot than they have been in previous years. We're just not seeing the robust recovery that typified previous recoveries. Haggerty says it only took states one or two years to get back to pre-recession levels in both the 91 and 2001 recessions. This time around, it's taken four years. I'm David Weinberg for Marketplace. Four years is, quite coincidentally, about how long it takes to earn a college degree. But as more people start to question the high price of said education, colleges are scrambling to figure out how to use technology to save money and stay competitive. A lot of them, as you've heard, are turning to online classes, but faculty have now started to push back. From the education desk at WYPR, Marketplace's Amy Scott has that story. Last fall, Duke University announced a plan to offer online courses for credit through a company called 2U. Last week, Duke's faculty said not so fast. 
Tom Robichaux is chair of the Arts and Sciences Council, which voted down the contract. He says some professors didn't like how the administration handled the deal. Others just aren't wild about teaching online. I think we at Duke need a little bit more time to think about this. And the only way we will get answers to some of these questions is actually to try a pilot project at some point. Faculty at Amherst College also decided not to jump in. Earlier this month, they rejected an invitation to team up with Harvard and MIT to offer free online courses. Stephen George is professor of biology and neuroscience at Amherst, a very selective small college in Massachusetts. We work with students pretty closely, and the idea of teaching 100,000 students remotely just doesn't seem like it fit Amherst's goals and values. Faculty at both schools say they haven't ruled out online education, but Elaine Allen with the Babson Survey Research Group says tenured professors have been slow to embrace it. In an annual survey, less than a third of chief academics...